0: Good morning and welcome to church this blessed morning. Um, I believe we've all had a blessed week. and I believe you are enjoying uh, the weekend so far. Uh, each and every working day, please be mindful and aware of the goodness of God. Okay, the, the, the worst that can happen is that things may have not gone as you may have planned and have expected it to be. Um, but, hey, in all things... We will continue to give thanks to the Lord, amen, especially for the gift of life. So each and every waking day, if you are still breathing, it's a testament to the goodness of the Lord, amen. So I just want you to be hopeful and and always be mindful and be aware of God's goodness, amen. Let's pray and get right into it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. Um, I ask for utterance. Give me the words to speak, O Lord. I rely not on my intelligence. I rely on the influence of the Holy Spirit and the gift of utterance this morning to articulate clearly to your people the oracles of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, please turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. 1 Chronicles 12, verse 32. Uh, This scripture has has weighed heavily on my heart for the past two and a half weeks, uh, especially whenever I open my Bible to read. Even if I'm not reading the Bible, um, this scripture is is just like a mirror constantly in front of me. Amen. And I I have read this scripture many times and in person, but um, I'm sure God may really want to deposit something to us this morning um, through this verse, amen. So 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, I'm reading. Of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, their chiefs were 200, and all their brethren were at their command. My key emphasis on this verse is, understanding of the times so this morning i'm ministering on what i've entitled understanding of the times (laughs) excuse me now if you really look at this scripture in this rightful context um this scripture is just enlisting and enumerating david's army david's army was quite large so this is more sort of like a roll call but this particular tribe which was called Issachar stood out uh, because they didn't join David's army out of servitude or out of um, um, forced bondage. It's not really that's not really what happened. They they didn't also join David's army or they wanted to enlist in David's army, not because of popular survey. You know, um, opinion polls really tend to have a big influence on some of our major decisions we take, especially when it comes to being a citizen of a country. Things like election, you know, federal elections, state elections, um, um, opinion polls are sometimes a great indicator or a misleading indicator, but uh, one way or another, that, that really counts. But the tribe of Issachar did not really enlist in David's army because of popular survey or popular opinion. And they also did not do that because of the opinion of the masses. It's not because of what they had people say. Um, they stood out and made an informed decision to be part of David, to join David. We, we are going to do this lock in step, and we are going to fight to establish your kingdom. And the Bible lets us know that what made them take such a decision, which can even be risky to their very lives. Because whenever you decided to enlist in the army, it's a risk. It's a possibility you might be alive or you might not. It's a 50-50 chance. But this tribe, who were 200 in number. And if you read the whole of 1 Chronicles chapter 12, they were a tribe that had very few people because you see large numbers in that chapter. There's a few number. But they they, they, they resolved that we are going to be with David. And the reason why the Bible says so is because they understood the times they un- and they know what Israel ought to do. And that's why. So this right here explains to us a biblical quality of discernment. They were discerning. That's another word for understanding of the times. These people were discerning and because they were discerning, they were ahead of the pack. They didn't take this decision lightly. They took a very informed decision. They did not look at what neighbors were doing. They just took the decision because of discernment. So before we talk about this outstanding quality of discernment in the sons of Issachar, who are they? Now, when you read the Bible carefully, or if you read through the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, uh, you come to know about the sons of Issachar. And there are four things to note when it talks about Issachar. So let me just bring to your hearing these four things. Number one, um, Issachar could mean the child of Jacob and Leah. You know, Jacob had two wives. He had Leah, he had Rachel. And uh, Jacob had 12 sons or 13, let me even say 13, he had 13 sons, right? So um, Jacob's first wife was called Leah. He had a child with Leah called Issaka. And he was the fifth child of Jacob and Leah, but he's the ninth son overall of Jacob. You understand? So when we are talking about Issaka, you could refer to that product of Jacob and Leah's union. The second time you see Issachar is he's a Levite. And this is different from Jacob and Leah's son. So Issachar is quite a popular Jewish theme. So that's a Levite, especially um, during the time when King David went for the Ark of the Covenant at the house of Obedidom. The person that was in charge of that Ark was called Issachar. And Issachar there is different from Issachar who was Jacob and Leah's son. The third time you see this word Issachar is a tribe, actually a tribe. So it's not just the son of Jacob and Leah or the Levite who served in the house of Obedidom during the time of King David. But this time you are looking at a tribe. There was a tribe called Issachar. And, and these tribes, mind you, they all came from the 12 sons of Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. And out of the 12 sons of Jacob were tribes. And one of the tribes was Issachar. And you even see that in 1 Kings chapter 15 verse 27. So when you see terms like the house of Issachar, the sons of Issachar, the tribe of Issachar, the family of Issachar, it's actually talking about a genealogy, a whole genealogy with descendants that comes from Issachar. Amen. And then the last one is a territory. When um, Joshua took the Israelites to the promised land, which was Canaan, and they were able to have conquest of the land, what Jacob did was he divided the land to the 12 tribes. And one of the tribes that got a piece of Canaan was Issachar. So it's also a territory. So sometimes when you read the Bible and when you see Issachar, it might not be the son of Jacob and Leah, it might not be the Levites that served during King David, it might not even be a tribe, but it might be a place, a territory called Issachar. Just like right here in our country, we have names of individuals as cities, as towns, amen, something like that. So. When we look at the above scripture that I just read, out of the four definitions I gave to you, the third meaning actually factors into the verse. So when the Bible talks about the sons of Issachar had understanding of the times, it's actually talking about a tribe. It's not talking about the son of Jacob and Leah because that was years past. It's also not talking about a country or um, a territory. That's not that... And it's also not talking about the Levites, of course, but it's talking about a tribe, a group of people called Issachar. They understood the times. And because of their understanding of the times, they decided to give all their supports to David. Amen. Now, the sons of Issachar were known in Jewish folklore. You know, like it's not really... Well, a folklore sometimes is um borderline between fact or fiction it could be true or not they were believed to be very skilled in astrology and that's what Jewish people believe and Jewish people tend to be quite superstitious, right so they, they when when you seem to stand a cut above ordinariness, sometimes they will want to attribute it to mysticism or spirituality or something of like that. So, so the, the, because of the way the the sons of Issachar stood out, because they were known to be very clever and very studious and intelligent, it was believed that they were very skilled in astrology. But um, funny enough, there is no strong biblical foundation for that. So we'll just leave it as um, a story or an uh, an allegation, if I want to use even that word. Amen. But there are three things that I want you to note about the sons of Issachar, which is very remarkable. Because they had discernments, because they were able to discern or understand the times which they were in, these three things really matter. They understood the chronological climate of the country. Hence their decision to support David. And when I'm talking about chronology, I'm just talking about the order of events. These these people knew history. They they understood how God worked. They They were very much in the know. They understood that it is God that sets kings the rising and the falling of empires, the rising and the falling of kingdoms, the appointment and the disappointment of people into office is by the hand of God, especially when it comes to Israel. They understood the chronological climate of Israel, hence their decision to support David. The second thing that you will see there is that they understood the political climate. And when I'm talking about they understood the political climate, their allegiance had to shift from Saul to David. That's politics right there. So they understood the political climate that we can no longer fight for King Saul. We are going to shift allegiance and fight for King David. And mind you, when they took this decision, David had not yet been coronated fully as the king of Israel. But these people understood, they they understood the political climate, they understood what they were doing, they understood the consequences of it. And the third thing that perhaps even informed their, their decision was they understood the spiritual climate of the nation. They understood that David was appointed by God. They understood that this was a spiritual matter. They they, they came to understand that even though Saul was still in power and Saul was still king, these children of of Issachar, this tribe of Issachar, who who stood out, they understood that it was God that had appointed David. They came to understand that. That it is not because of votes. That's why David is in power. And who was David? A shepherd boy. You know, he, he he didn't come from anything outstanding to brag about. He was just a common shepherd. He was a young person too. You know, these were things you these were things that could even be against you if you were to be a king. But these sons of Issachar, they understood that no, it is spiritual. It is more spiritual than political, and perhaps because they had the spiritual understanding and the spiritual climate of it. It's affected how they looked at it from a political and a chronological view. They understood that it's God that has ordained David and therefore we will have to support David. So maybe your question to me now is, Pastor, I get it. What is in this message for me? You've talked about the sons of Issachar. They've understood the times. But what has this got to do with me? Well, I'm glad you asked because it has everything to do with us. Because as we enter a new week, this week the, the, the new week starts on a Monday. It will be the 34th week. And that, that means we'll just have only about 18 more weeks and then we will round up 2023. Time is running very fast. Think about it. As we enter this 34th week, getting towards that, on the third Sunday of this eighth month of the year 2023, we need to cease being dull-hearted. We need to cease being slow-hearted or having slowness of hearts. And we need to cease not knowing the seasons of God we are in this present time. And this is where this message applies to us. So every time, day, month, and year is a season appointed by God. And it will rely on you and me to sharpen our discernments, not to be left behind. Not having discernments is like going to the party and when you went there, you just went to meet empty cups empty plates, chairs turned upside down, balloons popping everywhere and all that, you miss the party. And it's not fun missing the party. And sometimes, likewise, when we don't have discernment, when we are not able to discern the times, and and when we walk as people who are blind and people who are bereft of direction, we will always be late. So this is where this message comes into us, that we have to fine-tune our our sense of perception towards the things of God. We have to sharpen our our discernment towards the things of the Spirit, towards the things of God, so that we will not miss our seasons and our moments that God has destined for us. The, the, The children of Issachar, they, they chose to stand with David, not because of anything, but because they had an understanding of the times. And I pray that this morning, as you are listening to me, may God give you an understanding of the times in which you live in. Now, how do we do that? Look with me to 1 Kings 3, verse 9. 1 Kings 3, verse 9. And I'm reading from the message. Now, this is an excerpt of Solomon's prayer. And I want you to pay particular attention to what Solomon prayed. Here is what I want. Lord, give me a God-listening heart so I can lead your people well, discerning the difference between good and evil, for who on their own is capable of leading your glorious people. Solomon was able to discern. And the reason why he was able to discern was because he had a God listening heart. When you read the New King James, it says, Give me an understanding heart. If you are listening to me, you can pray for an understanding heart. And when you pray for an understanding heart, it is because of that. That is why you will be able to discern. And in Solomon's case, he was able to discern between what was good and evil because of rulership. But when we have an understanding heart, in in our context, we will be able to discern the different seasons, the different moments that have been appointed by God, and we will know which direction to take based on the season. For example every season has directions we will have to take. When it's winter, the season informs us what to do. We'll have to wear jackets, whether we like it or not. We have to wrap up warm. When it's summer, the season informs us what to do. Likewise, when we come to understand certain seasons that God has appointed, with that season comes with a set of direction. But you will never be able to know you, you if, if you don't have an understanding heart and if you don't sharpen your discernment, you will just be groping in darkness and you will be injuring yourself all because of ignorance. Let me read one more scripture from Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. And this scripture I want to read, I want us to understand that the more we spend time with God in prayer, The sharper our discernment and the greater our level of understanding. So Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. I want to read this in the Amplified Classic. For this reason, we also, from the day we heard of it, have not ceased to pray and make special requests for you. This is Paul praying. He's praying for the Colossian church. And look at the content of his prayer. I ask that you may be filled with the full and clear knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding into the ways and purposes of God and in discernment of spiritual truth and things. I find it funny that wherever you see the word understanding, you will see the word discernment. So we have to pray for understanding. And when we pray for understanding, understanding will help us to have discernment. We will be able to discern things. We will be able to discern seasons. So please spend more time in prayer this week. These two scriptures have read you. They are in the context of prayer. Solomon prayed to the Lord for a God-listening heart. Pray that, may I have a heart that can listen to God. May I have a heart that can sense God. You see, when you have a heart that can listen and that can sense God, you will be able to discern. And the more you spend time with God, the sharper your discernment will be. The second scripture that we just read, we saw Apostle Paul praying for the Colossian church that may the Colossian church come to a place of wisdom and fuller understanding that they may be able to discern. So for us to have discernment, for us to be like the people of Issachar who did not miss a moment, we have to come to a place of prayer. Now, let me share some things that we should have understanding of or understanding about since we are talking about understanding of the times. You have to understand the times we live in. And you can only understand that when you are designing. Today, my question to you is, do you understand the times we live in? Do you know of AI? You can't pray and bind these things. Let me tell you, when certain seasons come, it doesn't respond to prayer. You can't bind. You just have to be in the know, else you will be irrelevant and you will be insignificant. When seasons come, what will help us to adapt and navigate through seasons is having discernment. And it's because of discernment that we will have understanding of the times. AI is here, whether we like it or not. Do you understand it? Do you know it? You can't bind it. You you can't pray against it you can't plead the blood of Jesus against AI, it has come to stay. And if it has come to stay, you as a believer living, how are you going to become significant and relevant in that era? Are you aware of chat GPT? Do you know what it is? Are you aware of the impact of social media? Are you aware of the voice it carries and the influence it carries? Do you understand the times we live in? We have to understand the times. It is so unfortunate that sometimes you can live in the 21st century, but you can think like you are living in the 80s and in the 90s. It is gone. It is not coming back. Do you understand the times we live in? Do you even know about the financial markets? Do you know about cryptocurrency or Bitcoin? You may think that these things are irrelevant. They are very relevant and you need to know. Do you understand? Because knowing these things explains to us the times that we live in. Do you know about even virtual church services or hybrid church services? Why is it on the increase? Has it come to stay? Is it a phase? Do you know these things? Do we know the challenges that the youth face today? Why is there high suicide rates among youth today than ever before? What are the reasons? Do you know why? Lord, help us to understand the times that we live in so that we can be effective ministers. We should be like Joseph. When you read Genesis chapter 41, verse 33 to 36, the Bible lets us know that Pharaoh was asleep and he had a dream. A very puzzling dream. He woke up and he said that there were seven fat cows. And then all of a sudden he saw seven lean cows that were very ugly, that were very gaunt, that looked like a picture of malnourishment and hunger. And then what he saw baffled him. These weak, gauntly and hungry cows rather swallowed the fat cows. And he woke up. And it was a puzzle. This was a dream, but it was an enigma. But thanks be to God that there was a spirit-filled man called Joseph... Can we have some spirit-filled Christians arising up in these times and in these days? These days may seem complicated. These days may seem very multilayered. But thanks be to God that if we have the spirit of God in us, we are able to design the times we are in and we are able to make our mark and become significant. There is a spirit that lives in man and the inspiration of the Almighty gives him understanding. Job. The Bible lets us know that Joseph by the Spirit of the Lord was able to interpret the dream and the dream explained his times he was living in. That, King, there is going to be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. And for you to survive in your years of plenty, save so much so that when famine comes, we will be able to withstand the pressure of famine. And when they took Joseph's advice, and of course they made him the the, the leader in charge, the Bible lets us know Egypt was able to withstand seven years of harsh famine. And the thing was that they became a blessing in famine to neighboring countries that were dying of famine. Why? Because there was a man who understood the times. May God sharpen our prophetic lenses, that we will know the times in which we are living. Do you know why God has made you become alive in 2023 as I'm speaking to you? Because he wants you to discern and understand the times so that you will be able to minister effectively as a child of God. You are a child of God. You've been brought on this earth to bring solution, not to add more complication. May you arise because of the Spirit of God that lives in you. May we know the times that we live in. May we know the times we live in. It is not just enough to complain. It is not just enough to always be crying and wanting to go back. We can never go back. We are here. We have to understand the times we are living in by communing with God, by fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will help us to become better servant leaders and effective ministers in the times we live in. It's not the 80s. It's not the 90s. We are not in the days of Apostle Paul. It's gone. We are here now and we are Christians. Do we know the times we live in? We live in a time whereby, you know, um, 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 what do you call it? Um, 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 Gender binary. How are we going to minister to them as Christians? We live in a time whereby the LGBTQ uh, um, um, uh, lifestyle is now threatening the foundations of traditional family. How are we going to relate to them? We can't wish we were in the 80s. We are here. And we've got to pray on how to solve these issues. Drugs are at an all-time high among the youth. We can't say that we wish we are in the 80s. That's not how you solve the problem. You can wish it, but you are not going back. You are here. We can't even wish pre-COVID. We are in post-COVID, whether we like it or not. Do we understand the times we are living in? And may the Holy Spirit help us. May the Holy Spirit shine lights that we will understand the times we are living in. Number two, may we have an understanding of the timings of God. Isaiah 43 verse 19, the Lord said, Behold, I do a new thing. God is always working. Do you know the timings of God? Have you found out what God is seeing or doing at this time? With what is happening in today's world, what is God trying to teach me? What does God want me to learn? What is my take home? What is God's agenda for this year? What is God's purpose for this month? What is God telling me this week? We should be like Daniel. When you read Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 to 2, Daniel said, I, Daniel, I understood by the books. Why? Because his country was in captivity. And when he read the Bible, he realized that years ago, there was a prophecy by one of the old prophets. And he sees that opportunity, say, we are in that time now. And because of that, it informed him to fast and pray for the captivity to come to an end. Because he understood the timings of God. You have to understand the timings of God. Do you understand the timings of God? Oh, I pray that may we not just walk oblivious of the times. But may we have an understanding of the timings of God. If you are listening to me, there is what we call the timings of God. and. May we pray to sharpen our discernments. May we read to sharpen our You see, Daniel was reading the Bible. So sometimes read the Bible, spend time with the Bible, where the Bible has the source of wisdom, it has the source of knowledge, it has the source of inspiration. Read the Bible to understand the timings of God in addition to prayer. Daniel could only understand it is time for my country to come out of captivity of Babylon because he understood by the books. And when he understood by the books, it informed his decision to fast and pray, to see the deliverance come in die. Because he realized that this is the year that we are supposed to be free. He understood, understand the timings of God. The third thing that we will have to understand is the times and seasons of our lives. So we have to understand the times we live in. Have an understanding of the times we live in. Have an understanding of the timings of God. Have an understanding of the seasons and times of your life. Your life has a season and your life has a time frame to it. Do you understand it? What season of my life am I in? Can you know it? What does God want me to do at this present stage? God, in this month of August, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to take a step of faith? Do you want me to pray? Do you want me to fast? What do you want me to do, Lord? Do you want me to also not do anything but look unto you because I have done all that I could do? Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to read a book? Lord, do you want me to move out of my job? Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to move out of my area and get this? Know the seasons and times of your life. If you are going to be like the generation of Issachar, who understood the times, know the seasons and times of your life. Lord, is this the season to marry? Is this the season to wait a bit more? Lord, is this the season to do this course? Lord, what do you want me to do? Show me the way. Speak to God. You have to know the seasons and times of your life. And the last one, number four, the science of the end times. You need to have an understanding of the science of the end times. So the first one, you need to understand the times we live in. You need to understand the timings of God. You need to understand the seasons and timings of your life or of our lives. And number four, you need to understand the signs of the end times. Matthew chapter 24 verse 3 to 51. If you read it, you will see Jesus talking about the signs of the end times. He takes his time to have a full elaborative discussion with his disciples about the signs that will herald is coming. And then Apostle Paul, in that like fashion, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 7, also talked about the signs of end times. He said, In the last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of themselves. That's why the number one picture is selfie. We are lovers of ourselves boastful, proud, and thankful. If you see people who are ungrateful today, it's a sign of the end time. People will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. It's a sign of the end time. Do you know the signs of the end time? The Bible says in the last days, evil shall abound. It also talks about in the last days, the love of many shall wax cold. Excuse me. In the last days, the love of many shall wax cold. Offenses. All these are signs of the end times. Sometimes, believers, we walk as if Christ is not coming back because we've forgotten. May we have an awakening of the signs of the end times. We should consider eternity in the grand picture. Anything that you do, consider eternity in the grand picture. Live life worthy of an account before God. Know that one day you are going to be judged. Know that one day you are going to render an account of your works. It's real. You will render an account of what you said. It's real. But most times, Christians, we tend to forget these things because we've become dull-hearted and we have developed slowness of hearts that we can't sense the times in which we are in. Most importantly, understand the signs of the end time. Because when we understand the end times, we will redeem the time, knowing the days ahead are evil. And when we understand the times, we will always work with readiness. Excuse me. When we understand the times, we will always work with readiness of mind and heart knowing that Christ can come any moments from now. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, once upon a time, the five foolish virgins and the five wise virgins all planned to go and meet the bridegroom. But what happened was that the five foolish virgins, they didn't have oil in their lamps. So they had to go and buy. And when they came back, the groom had come and the door was shut against them. Jesus used this parable to talk to us about watchfulness and readiness at all times, expecting Christ to come any moment from now. And I'm sure in our series, we are tackling... Our the, the, uh, series on understanding the kingdom of God from parables. I'm sure one of these days we'll have an elaborative discussion on that parable. But may we be mindful, may we be watchful, may we watch and watch pray. pray. May we watch and pray. pray. In conclusion, God wants us to be fully aware and discerning of the times we live in. This week, just spend more time in prayer, talking to God. God, Lord, sharpen my senses. Deliver me from dullness. May I discern. May I discern. May I design, O oh Lord, may I design the times I live in. You see, the sons of Issachar, they took a very unpopular decision. And it's not the first time they took an unpopular decision. They stood with Deborah in Judges chapter 5, the sons of Issachar. Deborah was the first female judge prophetess, because she was a prophetess and she was also a judge. Unheard of until then, a woman had never ruled before. But the sons of Issachar stood lock in step with Deborah. Do you know why? Because they understood the times. It's a it's a quality, and sometimes when you understand the times, you will take very unpopular decisions. And and one of the most unpopular and controversial decisions. It's in Judges chapter 5. A woman to become a leader. And you should read the exploits of Deborah. Thank God that God is not a respecter of persons. Through Deborah, Israel experienced great victories. God is not a respecter of persons. But thanks be to God that the, the children of Issachar, they were not blinded by tradition. But they were in the know, like, this is what God is doing. God's hand is in this. God is moving, and we follow. Today, I pray, may you never miss God's step. May you step where God wants you to step. May you flow where God wants you to flow. May you never miss God's visitation. May we not be like the man who was at the pool of Bethesda. He he missed the visitation of the angel for 38 years. That is what happens. When you are oblivious of the signs and the times in which you are in, life can be derailed. I pray that may none of us come to that derailment and delay in our lives. But I pray that, Lord, sharpen our senses. May we have understanding of the times we live in we we'll be designing, oh Lord. Jesus. Lift up your hands. Say, Lord, sharpen me, Lord. Sharpen my discernment. Let me tell you, it just doesn't end here. Make quality time to pray. Spend a lot of time in prayer, especially in this month of prayer. And one of the outcomes is that we'll be designing we will have a God-listening heart, an understanding heart. An understanding heart is a God-listening heart. You hear God. You sense God. You move. When your senses move. Oh, Lord, help us to understand the times we live in. Help us to understand the signs of the end times. Help us to understand the seasons and the times of our lives. Oh, Lord, may we not be oblivious. Help us, O oh Lord. Help us to understand the timings of God. May we not miss the timings of God. O oh Lord, help us. Like the sons of Issachar, may we also say we have understood the times. Thank you, Lord. Receive your word by faith. Thank you, Lord. Receive your word by faith.